Attention SLPs and OTs with existing private practices. Are you ready to level up your private practice and your life and make this your breakthrough year? If so, join us for Make More in 2024, a free training offered on Thursday, March 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern to discover how to shift from clinician to CEO. During the training, we'll talk about the importance of maximizing your income, adding revenue streams, setting up systems, and more so that you can ultimately work smarter and build a successful, sustainable, and sellable business. To sign up, just visit growyourprivatepractice.com backslash training. Don't miss the chance to learn how to effectively navigate the growth phase of the private practice journey. See you on the training. Ever wish that you could hear directly from students who have gone through the Start Your Private Practice program, their words, their experience, and their outcomes from being in the program? Today's episode is going to introduce you to four amazing Start Your Private Practice students, Casey Adkins, Laura Shaw, Kelly Dickhart, and Ashton Moulton. All four of these Start Your Private Practice students come from different backgrounds. Some were school SLPs who couldn't wait to get out. We have an adult SLP who struggled to find work during COVID and wasn't loving the sniffs before that anyway. We have a travel therapist who sees private clients in person and via telepractice on the side of her travel job. Someone who shares an incredibly personal story of loss and how being in private practice allowed her more time and space to grieve and someone who's seeing kids in daycares and now has her first one-room clinic and is about to celebrate her first anniversary in private practice. All of these students had the same fears and doubts and hesitations that you do, but they decided to go for it and join the Start Your Private Practice program and create a new future for themselves. I cannot wait to introduce you to them, so stay tuned. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system, and I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Right. Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be here tonight with members of our Start Your, Start Your Private Practice program. So we have four people who have been part of the program. Some of them range from like, uh, you know, original members to people who've just been with us for a couple months. But I'm so excited to be able to introduce you to these amazing private practitioners who, you know, before they started this journey, they were regular SLPs, just like everyone here. Um, and they probably had a lot of fears and doubts and excitement, and um, they decided to go for it. And so tonight, they're going to be sharing their stories, and they're also open to answering questions about the program. So if you could just drop, like, say hi or something in the chat so that we know that um, people, we can tell people are watching, but say hi in the chat, um, introduce yourselves. And if you have specific questions that you would love our start students to answer, please ask them so that we can make sure that we address those. So I'm going to start introducing, or I'm going to let them introduce themselves, but let's start with Casey. Hi, everyone. Glad you're here tonight. My name is Casey Adkins. I am a pediatric uh, speech language pathologist in the North Carolina area. Uh, when I graduated from grad school, I started at a private practice. I loved the the population, the families, um, but I was just really overworked and I knew there had to be something else. So then I said, okay, let's go for better work-life balance. Let's go to the school. So then I went to the school system, which had its joys. Um, no more working with parents, but I got a lot more hands-on with the kids, seeing them every day. Loved that. Did not love all the paperwork and did not love the pay. And so I came another to a crossroads and I said, there's gotta be something more 
and I had thought about starting a private practice, but never thought I would start it as quickly as I did. I had some fears, and when I saw Jenna's program, I, I just went for it, and I love that Jenna really lays out step-by-step step what you need to do. There is um, legal advice. You know, as a new SLP, I was so worried about committing insurance fraud, billing, and um, <laughs> someone told me right away, as long as you did the service, you can't commit insurance fraud because it's just an error. You really did the service, so that, that let, set me at ease. Um, but I've just loved the program. Um, I really joined to maximize my income and be able to minimize the time I was spending seeing kids because I really I have a bigger purpose outside of being an SLP and I wanted to be able to spend time to do that. Um, but when you spend all of your time with your boss at work and none time with your family, it's really hard to for me to really go after my purpose in life. So this has been a tool for me and my favorite part about the program has been the community. Uh, the Start Facebook group is really key to be able to see success. Jenna surrounds you with success. She reminds you, hey, there are people doing this. And just because you feel lost, there's other people that are succeeding and you can talk to them and they're real people. And um, we are all some of those people. So we're glad that you're here. Feel free to ask us questions and know that although we have started our journey, that none of us have arrived and we're still all really growing. Um, but we're really glad you're here. Oh, that was so nice, Casey. And so just like heartfelt and warm. And thank you for, you know, for sharing your journey and also for, you know, letting people know that like just the community is so supportive, right? The, the folks, you know, a lot of people who are watching this, like have been part of my Facebook groups, like they know the kind of communities that I make on a bigger scale, but like, this is a little bit of a more unique opportunity to meet people and network and people even share referrals with each other, which is also, you know, pretty cool. So awesome. Thank you for, for sharing. And now I'm going to introduce everyone to Laura. Oh, hey, <laughs> my name's Laura. I am the owner of Balanced Speech Therapy. Um, and two years ago, I was not the owner of Balanced Speech Therapy. I was working for a very well-known healthcare system, which I thought was going to be my dream job. And I wanted it to be my dream job so bad. Um, but not, not too long into my journey there, I realized it was not the place for me. My clinical values did not align with their clinical values. I was not making any money. Um, and I had a goal to pay off my student loans. And I thought to myself, okay, this, I'm never going to pay off my student loans here. I've got to get out of this. What can I do to make money fast? And the answer was travel therapy. So I jumped back into being a travel SLP. I took a school gig somewhere as an evaluator. So I only do evaluations. I don't do any treatment, um, which I really started to miss pretty quickly. Um, but I was evaluating these kids and they weren't qualifying for speech therapy because of the state regulations, but I knew that they needed speech therapy. So I went to my boss and I said, hey, I'm, I'm evaluating these kids and they're not qualifying and they need services. Where do I refer them to? What are their options around here? There were no options. There was nothing for these children to get services anywhere. So this time last year, I enrolled in the Start Your Private Practice course and I said, I'm going to fill this need. I'm going to start something and I'm going to make a way for these kids to get services. So I started it about this time last year, and by June, I had opened up my private practice. Um, I'm still working as a travel SLP, but I have my private practice on the side. And the thing about being a travel SLP is I have a lot of state licenses. So I'm able to see kids and adults in the state that I live in and four other states virtually. Um, so the business has taken off. There is a lot of need, but I'm, I'm really able to balance between being a travel SLP and having this private practice on the side um, very nicely. And it is just, it has worked out so well for me, 
especially with my goal of paying off my student loans because I'm making that nice travel SLP paycheck, but I'm also making extra money on the side through this private practice. And the other thing that I was able to accomplish by taking this course was actually opening a second business called the Travel SLP. And I created this business to be, uh, you know, education and a way to connect current, former, and future travel SLPs. I wanted that resource that I needed when I was a new traveler and had no idea what I was doing. So I created this community with the format that I learned and start your start your private practice. I just picked it up and plopped it down and now I have two businesses. So it's really, it's been a great success for me and I'm just so happy with my choice to do it because if you asked me two years ago, would I be running two businesses? I would have said no way, but here I am. So I love that story for several reasons, but one is because like you set a goal. You're like, I have a goal. This is what I want to do, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone comes to private practice with their own unique circumstances and their own goal, right? And, you know, for some people it's time, for some people it's flexibility, for some people it's finances, like, and, and all of those are, are great reasons to do it, right? But I also love how you're like, no, I can figure out like how to be a travel therapist and have a private practice. Like that was, and you were filling a void for, you know, for a population who needed you, right? Yeah. Then you're like, wait a minute, I can fill another void, right? That's, that's how businesses work, right? Like that's, that's how businesses are successful is if there's a need for the services. And the, the cool thing is, it's also kind of a bad thing, but there's a lot of need for our services, right? There's a lot of people who need help. And if they don't have providers, they're going to either go without services or be stuck on wait lists. So Laura, I love that you were able to make this happen for yourself, for like the community and then for other SLPs. Like how cool is that? Yeah, I love it. I love it. Well, I'm so proud of you. Thank you for your, the story. And I don't know if you saw in the comments, but somebody said, now that's interesting. A travel SLP with a private practice. I honestly would have never thought that was possible. Mind blown emoji. Yeah, it's possible. You can do it. I love it. Well, thank you for sharing your story. All right. Next up, we have Kelly. So Kelly, can you please share a little bit about your journey to private practice sure. and um, kind of why you joined the program and what results you've gotten? Okay. Um, well, I have been a speech therapist for, it'll be coming up on 19 years this summer um, with, in the medical setting, primarily, primarily with um, adults. So over the years, I worked in hospital settings, um, rehab units where I would kind of float between inpatient, outpatient rehab. Um, and then I did 10 years in a skilled nursing facility. And I think that's when I really started to feel the burnout of um, speech therapy, somewhere along the lines. <laughs> um, with working in that setting, I kind of, it came more about like, how much can I do for you and paperwork and less about the, the patient. And I honestly had this point of my career where I was questioning whether or not I really um, even wanted, you know, if I could do something else with my degree. I mean, I was to that point. It was about 2018 where I had another kind of business on the side that was picking up. And so I wanted to go part-time. And so I went part-time thinking that that would be a better balance and maybe just working three days, I could just, it wouldn't be so stressful or weighing on me like ethically, right? Um, I learned pretty quickly, I think within like a month or two, like this isn't really doing anything by me cutting back. So I just went on the journey to try different, finding different settings. And so I tried a few jobs, um, and I worked in, so then I went back to an old job, like right after I graduated from graduate school. And um, I think I had a situation where my husband got hurt at work and he was going to be off for a long time and I, I needed to be working um, more. So I took that job and I was doing outpatient. And that's when I really discovered, again, like a love for just being in a clinic space and getting to know your patients and your families and really making a difference. And just, it just was calmer. Well, 
that job turned into traveling between, you know, picking up, doing half my days at the hospital and then half my days at the outpatient. So it just became more and more, it started to get rushed again. And um, then they wanted to train me on a third unit. And I was like, no, this isn't what I signed up for. So somewhere along the lines, um, right in early 2020, I was just piecing together some per diem. Um, and I feel like before COVID, that was pretty like speech therapists could do that, right? You could probably piece together four full. I mean, I was getting four full days of per diem work. And then um, when that hit, um, it not it just and then with all the PPGM changes and all that, it just it really messed up. It really shook our um, field and in the adult, especially in the adult um, therapy realm. And so, you know, I there was a good portion of, of the time where I was just really struggling. No one was hiring. Um, there were hiring freezes everywhere. And I just thought to myself, oh my gosh, what is happening? I've never had this happen. Like never, I, you know, usually you're getting calls constantly from recruiters, you know, about like what a need that there is or travel positions and that sort of thing. So it was just a very, um, unique experience, I think, going through all that, like being on the other end and not really having um, a surplus of options. So that's when I think I just saw one of Jenna's advertisements for maybe like a boot camp type thing. And it was around this time last year, I think it was March, maybe April. And I just thought this is the answer. Like I'm gonna have to start, you know, and I always had that intro entrepreneurial heart in me. Um, just wanting to do things my own way. So it was no question. And it was kind of just this no brainer. I think we used a tax return or COVID <laughs> relief check or something. And I was like, talk to my husband. He's like, yes, this is, you know, you've always wanted to have your own business. So here we go. So that's kind of what pushed me into it. Just having, having someone that I could be like, okay, show me how to do this every step of the way. Um, the modules and the lists of just now you're going to do this. Now you're going to do this. Now you're going to do this. And then in addition to that, having the online support of like, okay, I did this, but I'm stuck here. Can someone help? And literally like every step of the way walked me through to how to open and start my private practice. So I went through and I got, you know, my website set up, my Medicare credentialing by like the end of June, I think it, that happened July. Um, and then random, you never know what's going to happen in your journey. Um, I faced some sudden kind of health issues <laughs> over the summer and fall. And so um, I almost had my first client in August, but I got really sick. And so I decided not to start all of that um, because I was in and out of um, driving all over to doctor's appointments and specialists and stuff like that. So I went back to work a little bit. Um, I think I was cleared to go back to work in November. And anyways, so um, I really have just, I use that time like October, November to get back into everything and revamp the website a little bit and, you know, touch up on some areas with the modules that I hadn't finished and um, made business folders, handed them out went back to work and then just with a couple of weeks, I'm telling you what did it was like setting up that Facebook page. <laughs> as soon as I did that and like officially announced, okay, I'm ready to go. Um, I got my first client a couple of weeks ago and I have my second client. I know it's so fun. Like all of a sudden when you're ready, like when you really launch, you know, like there's always those few little steps that you have to take that I think you can hold yourself back. But once you're like, okay, I'm going to make a Facebook page and I'm going to tell the world now. And um, yeah, so that's where I'm at. So Things are really coming together. I've had a lot of people reach out um, about their grandmothers or their mom had a stroke and it's all in my, you know, my, my city. There's such a need, <laughs> there's such a need. Um, and yeah, I guess, oh, and one interesting fact I thought about, you know, having to put something on the side while I was getting physical therapy and vestibular therapy for a couple of months, I was talking to my therapist about how I started my own private practice and I'm going to be going to people's homes and um, just started really sharing, sharing some things about they had provided some LSVT there and I do speak out. And so we just kind of got to know each other. And this week I got a phone call from them and the owner 
wants to take me out to lunch to see how we can help each other grow our businesses. So, you know, I know, isn't that neat? Like, so you just never know just by sharing and talking about it and just whatever step you are in your journey, even if you have to like set it down, I was still sharing, like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm about to really go for it, you know? And then a month later, they're like, Hey, let's, let's help each other out. So it's been I love that, right? yeah, I I love the, a couple of things, Kelly, about your story. One is that mm -hmm. like, you know, you experienced a lot of hardships in the adult medical world. Right. And yeah. you were, you were like, this is not like, I can't do this anymore. It's not sustainable. It's, you know, it's wearing me down. I'm not practicing how I want to. Right. And so I could, you know, you were kind of searching for answers and then, you know, this kind of came to you and you're like, wow, this sounds great. Like I'm going to sign up. I like step-by-step -step and I like checklists. I like support. Right. Yes. And then, you know, that what happens sometimes is that people start and then something happens, right? Life happens, it gets in the way. And one of the reasons why we offer lifetime access to the course and the Facebook group is because we want, we know that life happens and sometimes people have to take a pause Yeah, and that's okay, right? That's the reality of life. So I want people to know that this program, like once you join, like we're, we're going to support you like through like your whole private practice journey. Right. And right. so I think that that part is really important. And then the second thing that you said that I just want to highlight is that, you know, you know, the whole putting yourself out there, mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be in some sort of like pushy way or anything like that. Just naturally in conversation, when you tell people yeah. I have a private practice, you know, everyone knows someone who like, who had a stroke or who, whatever, like, mm -hmm. especially like physical therapists or people you might encounter. And so putting yourself out there, putting up that Facebook page is really kind of an indication that you are really ready. And I'm the type of person who believes that like we connect with certain people for certain reasons. Absolutely. So if you're yeah. ready to serve, like the people who need you will find you and, and they're waiting for you just like you're waiting for them, right? Yeah. And everyone's journey, like some people, and I know this because I've done this with other things in life, like, I don't know, is it really the right time? And it kind of makes, you know, kind of makes me think about when my dad told me, like, when is it the right time to start having children? Like, it's never, you're never going to have enough money, right? <laughs> you're never going to have done all the things you wanted to, you, to do or whatever. Like, if you, you're never going to be ready, Right. You're never going to be ready. And it's, it really like now is the time, right? Now is the time and you can learn your pace as it goes. And as long as you're, you know, I did the accelerator group and that really helped because I, I did all the modules and got everything set up like really, really quick within like two months and I was ready to go, but then, you know, illness happens. So I guess my point is, is like, don't overthink it. You're not, you don't know you're, you're ready now. <laughs> you're ready now because Jenna gives you everything you need step by step and you you really can take your own pace at it and don't hold yourself back do it now start words of wisdom Kelly yeah. I love it yeah I love it well thank you for hearing all of that um okay so our next person is Ashton I'm so excited to be here I was telling my husband that I'll probably get emotional at some point <laughs> I'm sure you can all hear, um, agree that our lives are changed, I think, for the better. Um, I own Simple Speech Therapy in Davenport, Florida, Champions Gate, Florida, kind of near Disney. Um, prior to starting my business, I worked in the school system for a total of five school years. And somewhere in the middle, I was like, let me just try nursing homes. That lasted less than a year <laughs> for me. It was just really, really high stress. And the people I worked with were great, but there's just a lot to nursing homes. And so I went back to the schools and um, I stayed working there. And um, I was PR running. I was PR running a bunch because I was pregnant in 2019 and 2020. And um, PR running to save up for maternity leave. And COVID hit. And then I had my daughter in June of 2020. And for years I had wanted to start a private practice, but I am the, I am the queen of imposter syndrome. <laughs> I, I let fear really just dictate everything. And I was just like, no, I'm not ready. You know, I'm going to do something wrong. I, I just wanted to do everything the right way. And I didn't know how, because 
grad school doesn't teach us those things. So I had seen Jenna's program um, like pop up on Instagram ads and things like that and started following. And then I joined um, the like free Facebook group. Um, and I think once my daughter was born and everything that I had, we all had been dealing with, with COVID and working in the schools when COVID hit, um, I really think that was just my push to finally take the leap into starting my own practice. And I, so I think I joined the program in August of 2020, August or September. Um, we threw in a lot of life events. You know, I had my daughter, then I started the program, decided to start a business. Then we sold our house and moved to another town. Um, so I wound up seeing my first client um, one year ago this Saturday. So I'm almost celebrating my official first birthday. <laughs> um, I'm so excited about it. Um, so I um, started seeing kids on the side while I was still working in the schools. My daughter started daycare and she was four months old. And so I was, I, what I did was I marketed to her daycare and to the daycares around. So I was able to see a couple kids after school and then go pick her up and go home. So it worked out really well. Um, and then, um, sorry, I like read a comment and lost my train of thought. It worked out really, really well. And so um, by June, I really just like went really hard marketing. And um, my, if you, if you start with simple practices, your EMR, they show you this little graph of like your earnings and everything took off for me in June. Um, and by the end of the summer, I had to make a decision. Do I want to go back to my school job and lose all these clients that I've built? Cause it wasn't quite a full schedule yet, but I was close. Um, and so my husband and I talked about it and um, I made the best decision of my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> resigning from my job in August of 2021, got my office. It's just a one room, perfect little office for me. Um, and I have all of the freedom and flexibility and just happiness that I was missing, I think, and satisfaction in my job that I was missing. So I'm the biggest advocate for this course. It really helped me just set everything up just how I wanted it to be. You know, it everything just really getting my ducks in a row. And, um, you know, in the first module, I told my husband when I was going through it, I was like, man, this is like job therapy. <laughs> really, it was like job therapy. I was just going through the emotions, you know, just trying to find my why for everything. And um, so I recommend it to everybody. <laughs> uh, I, I'm just so grateful for it. Um, yeah, I just well, really like, I like being a speech therapist again. So thank oh. you. <laughs> well, like that's that. Thank you for sharing all that, Ashton, too, because like that's what I want, right? Like I, I love this profession. I love the people who are in this profession, right? And I just mm -hmm. want people to be able to be like the the providers that they wanted to be when they first started their careers, yeah. and for real clients across America, you know, kids, adults, everybody in between, to be able to get access to services, right? Like yeah. this is my whole mission. It's kind of twofold, right? One, it's to kind of save the clinicians from bad situations and also save the clients who are going without services or are stuck on wait lists, right? So, yeah. you know, I really see this, you know, really like a calling to be able to, to, I don't know, to do this work. Everyone has different callings for whatever reason. This one's mine, it seems. Um, but I just, you know, so grateful to also attract really passionate people, right? The people who join this program all have different, you know, different interests and they want to make sure that they're able, they're also mission driven, right? It's not just me who feels like she's on a mission. All of the students are like, either they're on a personal mission to, you know, have more fulfillment, more flexibility, more finances, but most people are on a, on a mission to help a particular kind of client who's going without services or, you know, just having subpar services or whatever. So, so thank you all for um, sharing your story. So one thing, one thing oh, yeah. I didn't mention, finances. Mm -hmm. I mean, really, my school salary was not great, as we all know. And I've I've nearly doubled that in a year. So I'm not tuning my own horn. I just want you guys to know it's possible, especially like I doubted it for years and it's possible. So that's a big one. <laughs> that's, a, that's a big Why one. Um, you. <laughs> Laura, without getting too personal, how are you doing toward your student loans? so much progress it i mean that 
I mean, being a travel SLP is great and I get a great paycheck from that, but that extra boost that I get of a couple hundred bucks a week is just, it makes all the difference because that money, I mean, it's just me. I just pay myself, you know, like, so it, it just goes right back in. It has made such a difference. Yeah. I love that. What, what, um, who else would say, and then I do see some questions in there, but does anyone, can anyone else share like another way? And uh, I don't, maybe we haven't heard from Casey in a while. So it's just another way that being in private practice has helped you, you know, personally or professionally or financially. Sure. Um, one part of my story that I didn't share at the beginning is I also hit some bumps in the road um, personally as I was going through the course. So I started in April of 2020, had it um, officially licensed, got my first client in July of 2020, then found out I was pregnant a week later. And so I saw two kids on the side throughout my whole pregnancy while I was working at the school. And my plan was to just see some kids on the side as I was continuing to be a mom. And um, seven hours after my son was born, due to some medical errors, he passed away and my whole life changed. So while I was planning to be a mom and planning to be at home and have a maternity leave, I still had a maternity leave, but my baby wasn't there. And I kind of came to a crossroads because people grieve differently, but um, with the purpose I've been given and the calling I was given, I just knew that I, this wasn't the end and I had to fight and there was no way I was going to go back to the school getting up so early. And I wasn't sure when I had to make the decision, if I was going to be able to be a good team member. And I already had my practice set up. I just needed to publish my website and make it official on Facebook. And um, once I did that, really, I filled up, um, Within a month or two, I've hired a contractor who's a friend from grad school, and it's great to be able to have an uh, employee slash a friend that, um, you know, you go from having all these coworkers, whether they're teachers or SLPs or professionals, to being like, oh, is anyone out there? It's just me. But now I have her, and we bounce ideas off each other as well as everyone in the group. So um, through the program, I've been able to you know, just continue to serve kids, serve the kids I want to serve. And one passion of mine is kind of unique, but it's internationally adopted children. And so it's always been my dream to serve them. And there's really not many practices I found that specialize in that. And I wasn't really sure where to go from it. But a lot of people adopt kids with great intentions and don't really realize that they're in this. A lot of them end up in the special needs population for at least a little bit. And I wanted to be able to help those families. And without even marketing to that, my first client was a girl who was part of a three sibling set that got adopted from the Philippines and she needed help. <laughs> I was like, are you kidding me? Uh, yes, please. <laughs> and so I got to help her and uh, they are just an amazing family. She's amazing and she's in high school now, but as she continues to grow, I know that I'll be a part of her life even when she doesn't need speech anymore. And just being able to impact the next generation is really cool because they really are our future and the freedoms that we are able to fight for and things that we can stand for when we work for ourselves is a lot different than what you might be subjected to in the healthcare industry. Um, so just my beliefs, but I'm really glad that I'm able to make my own decisions and just the, the fruit that's not only come, you know, those are kind of some professional areas, but also when you're able to make your own schedule and your neighbor calls and says she needs someone to go to take her to the doctor, I have the power to be able to do that. And I think that I've been able to impact my family, which was my prim primary reason for starting my friends and this the community that has poured into us and supported us through the last year that it's been grieving our son, but um, just being able to give back. And if I was working a job that, you know, pretty much any job, it doesn't allow that flexibility. So whatever you're looking for, I'm pretty sure you can find it doing this. Um, when you're fearful, I think that we're either fearful of success or fearful of failure, or maybe kind of fearful of both. You're not really sure, like, what am I going to do if I get all these kids, which is kind of where I'm at now, but that's okay. And you're also fearful of what's going to happen if I don't have people, which we were also 
all there also, but um, there's a huge need no matter where you are. And if you have too many kids, you can pass them on to people who are around you. And there's also a Grow Your Private Practice Facebook program. And Jenna will continue to help you with the problems that come with having too many people. So um, those are some things I would add. Yes, I love that. And thank you so much for sharing your very personal um, story, Casey. Um, Casey and I, we've known each other for years, right? Casey has been one of the original members. For those of you who can see my post-its, um, we didn't get to find exactly where she is, but she's somewhere in the middle, like she's in this mid-range of very original people. And, you know, I think that, you know, that's another reason why, like, I, I believe in people for the long term, right? Because there, there, are, there are ups and downs in everyone's life. And so, you know, someone in the comments said that, you know, you must be one of the bravest person I've ever met, right? And I can say that that's like, we have a lot of brave people and Casey, thank you for, for being one of them. And I think that, you know, we, everyone who does something challenging, um, you know, whether it's a you know, starting a private practice or, you know, anything else, like there's always fear, there's always unknowns, there's always things you have to figure out. But one of my favorite quotes from someone named Marie Forleo is, you know, everything is figure outable, right? And like, I don't know, I'm kind of a nerd in a lot of ways, but like I, I figured out how to do this thing called starting a private practice, like in a much easier way than I think most people kind of think about it. And, you know, I just wanted to share that. Right. And so now we've had over 1700 people come through this program and um, I have to say it, it works. Right. So one of the questions that I saw in the comments was basically, you know, after you do the course, how long does it take? to get your first client. Does anyone feel like you can easily speak to that? Oh, sorry, I just unmuted somebody, okay. I had mine before I was done, honestly. Love it. Yeah, I, I think it's kind of just a matter of, you know, if you start getting your name out there, marketing to pediatricians, daycares, whoever um, that you can tell, uh, you know, in my office, I was in the elevator and I was just chatting with a gentleman and, and he's a dentist in the building. And so, you know, gotten to talk with him and get to know him. And he said he could refer kids to me. So I think, I think really it's just getting out there. And so, I mean, really once I started marketing, it took like a couple weeks, two, three weeks maybe to get my first eval. Yeah. And that's very common, right? Our, we, we actually track this. So after people post in the group that they've gotten their first client, um, Claudia Davison, who's one of the mentors, pretty immediately says, hey, fill out the survey. And so we, we literally track data on this. And we asked in the survey, like, you know, first of all, we want to celebrate. We're like, tell us the story. Tell us everything that happened, right? Because we, we want to know and we're genuinely curious for a couple of reasons. One, because it's just kind of fun to like know how it unfolded. But also, we're also track like what are the most successful ways that people are getting their first clients so that we can make sure that we're telling our students, look, th these are the top five ways, like do these things and you should get a client quickly. We also ask from the time that you started trying, how long did it take you to get your first client, right? And to us, that is our success metric, right? People could join and not implement right away and that would really kind of skew the data as far as like how long does it take, right? So what we care about is from the time that people started trying, how long does it take? And the average is about four weeks. So there's some people who it's like four days or, you know, sometimes people will put a post on Facebook and they get their first client within like, you know, two hours of putting the post. That has happened before. Other people, it may take a couple months, but those people also in their comments usually say something like I had a health problem or like, you know, I was dealing with, you know, we were in the middle of a move or, you know, something like that. So, you know, when you get serious about it, you pretty much just do the steps I tell you to do and people get clients really, really quickly. So that was, that was a good question. Let me see. Um, there was another question up above really about just like the fear, right? Somebody said like, I'm just so afraid of doing this. What would any of you say about that? Oh, I can speak to that one. I was, I mean, I don't buy lottery tickets because it's too much of a risk. Like I am, I am that person. I am the type A SL, SLP completely. I like everything planned. I like checklists. I like to check all my boxes. 
Um, and I was really, really scared to start this, but I just felt like I had all the tools I needed. Jenna really gives you everything you need in the course. And between that and the support of the Facebook group, I just felt like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to try it and I'm going to see what happens and what's the worst that's going to happen. It's not going to work. Uh, that's what I thought. And I got my first client within two weeks. And then I went from two clients to four clients the next week. So it, I mean, I was terrified and I totally understand being scared of doing something big like this, but I think it's just something you just got to go for it and good things will happen. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You just have to decide, you know, it, it's the way that people kind of um, move forward is that they decide that the the pain or discomfort of staying in one place is like greater than trying something else, right? So there's lots of people out there who are in bad situations, whether it's at schools or hospitals, early interventions, university clinics, even other people's private practices, like people might be working for, right? But at some point, what gets people to take action is, is realizing that if they stay in that one place, that that's probably a worse risk than trying something else, right? And so um, I think that that's a really, really important kind of thing to think about, right? Um, can a couple of you all also say, you know, when I talk about the program, I talk about the course, I talk a lot about the modules and the checklists and all those kind of other things. And, you know, I say that we have a great community and I talk about the mentors, right? Can a couple of y'all kind of share, like, what is that like? What is it like to be in our private Facebook community? And what are what kind of support do you get from the mentor team? I, I can speak to it. Yeah. I I am on there all the time. <laughs> like, I might be I might just be searching for things, um, commenting, asking questions. Um, the mentors are there answering all the time. <laughs> um, and other people join in and, you know, they share their experiences with, you know, whatever you're asking, if it's like a website question or um, whatever, but I, I utilize the group so much. Like if you go to my search bar, my Facebook, like all my, they, I think start is my first one. Cause I'm just always going to it. <laughs> um, it's very useful and I'm glad to have forever access or what, whatever it is now access to that group. So yeah, I love it. And that's Ooh. a really good point is, is the search feature too, because um, we've had, uh, well, you know, 1700 people in there and that's a lot of questions, right? And, and SLPs, you know, I mean, I'm one of them, but SLPs as a people tend to ask a lot of questions, right? We're the type of profession, we attract the kind of people who have a lot of questions, right? And that's a good thing, right? It's a good thing to be, you know, they can, don't they say that you can tell how smart somebody is by like the questions they ask or something, right? So, so searching the group is a really great way to get the answers, right? We have a, a mentor team. There are five mentors who live across the country. They have different sizes of practices. They have different types. We've got pediatric people, adult people, generalists, specialists, like pretty much every type of practice is represented, but they also have practices. So everyone always gets their questions answered, but they're also busy during the day, you know, like running their businesses, right? And so using the search feature is a really kind of fast way to see if you can answer your own question. And if you can't, you know, absolutely ask. But sometimes people say like, you know, that they find the answers quicker just by using the search bar, which is exactly what Ashton's talking about, right? Um, so one, go ahead. one thing I would add is not only are, is this, you know, community available virtually, but sometimes people will post, you know, what state are you in? And so all of the North Carolina, Western North Carolina um, SLPs that responded, we all got together and got brunch. And one thing that Jenna really cultivates in her course is that there's plenty of clients to go around and it's really going to be okay. And, um, you know, to give to other people and to share with other people. And it's a very good camaraderie. And that's one thing I also love about our profession. I feel like everybody in general has the same, you know, goal. We want to help people and whether it's helping clients or helping other practitioners, um, the friends that I've met are really cool because we're all going through the same thing and everybody has their different successes and their different bumps in the road. And we can learn from each other without having those same bumps in the road and just help each other grow faster and refer to people 
you know, refer to them. And I think that's been really cool too. We have the virtual group that you can ask any question ever, but you can also have real friends that if you miss having coworkers, you can say, Hey, let's go get lunch. Or, Hey, I know you're also free on, for lunch on a Wednesday. Let's go to Top Golf because nobody's there on a Wednesday and it'll be great. <laughs> I love that. And people have started doing some meetups. I remember, Casey, when you get, when you posted a picture with a couple of people, and I know that um, in Texas, so one of our students, um, Mira, she was recently on the podcast, or maybe her episode isn't out yet, but it's it's coming. It's been recorded. But she's like a, a real connector type of a person, and she like started a separate thread for Texas folks. And so, and they refer to people, each other all the time, right? The old way of being in private practice is to have, or for my, in my opinion anyway, is to be kind of one of those like competitive type of people who want to like, you know, do a ton of marketing and then hoard everybody on your wait list and like not share clients. The new way, which is how I teach it and how most people in my program operate is like, no, I'm going to share referrals with other people. Like if I do pediatric feeding and, you know, I get a, you know, aphasia referral, like I'm going to send that person to Kelly because that's not my thing. Right. And so people can, you know, or if your wait list is full, maybe, maybe aphasia is your thing, but your wait list is like, you can't see anybody. So why not send a client to somebody else knowing that like, because of the principle of reciprocity, people are likely to send you people. Right. And so I think that that's also really, really important. Right. So that was a, a good question. I saw another question that I thought was, I wanted a couple of y'all to speak to too, was about startup costs. So how much money did you put into, if people feel comfortable sharing, how much did, so aside from the course, how much money did, did it take for you to, to start your practice? Well, you teach us how to do it in like a very minimal way. I saw that comment too. And someone said that they were approved for a loan for like $65,000 or something. That is like the old way of thinking like, oh my gosh, I'm going to need to get a loan and rent space and hire, you know, a receptionist and have all this fancy equipment. And um, that's just, you just don't need to do that. So <laughs> the course will pay for itself with your first client in like the first month. <laughs> you know what I mean? What you get in your, in your um, reimbursements from treatment a couple of times a week, you know, so just think of it that way. It's a tax write-off. Um, it's, you know, investing in someone to show you how to start it. Um, there were a lot of money saving tips that I thought were great in like the bonus sections of the modules that things that I, I wouldn't have thought of. So, you know, about like assessments, you know, you don't need, there's a lot of free stuff out there that you can use and borrow. And um, so I'm trying to think like I did the course and I think my website fee, um, and like what a voice and fax machine, which is like $7.99 a month or something. So it's really like the monthly fees are very, very minimal. I would say like under $50, you know, for sure. Um, and you can keep it that way for sure. And then the course. So I haven't really bought anything um, yet. Well, because I, I don't want people to overspend at first, right? right. If, you, if you start your business in the hole, right? If you really start from a place of, of taking out a big loan or taking on too much overhead, it's going to add a lot of stress to the situation, right? right? And so instead, what I would much prefer people to do is to really focus on profitability, right? I want people to be profitable from the very beginning. And that's why I advocate for people to start like not with brick and mortar spaces, right? Because you can you can do that later, right? And and Ashton, you'd actually be probably a good person to speak to that. You know, tell people kind of how you got started and then when you started thinking about a brick and mortar space. Yes, um, and I'm super excited to talk about this. Um, so yeah, I started seeing those kids privately on the side, and you know, I to start up, you know, you have to pay for your business license and all of that stuff in your area. So there's some, just like a little bit of startup fees. Like I probably spent after the, you know, there was the course fee and then I probably spent maybe like 500 maybe. Um, so then I started seeing kids on the side and that gave me a little bit of a, like a little nest egg to start being able to pay for my nicer and better marketing materials. Um, you know, I, 
got my business cards for free through Wix. Um, and so once I was able to kind of like build these things up and I built my clients up um, and I decided, oh, do I want to make the leap? I was able to make the leap completely debt-free. I found a very reasonable office space. Um, shockingly, I'm in Central Florida. Like, I don't know how, but it worked out well. Um, and, you know, I was able to pay cash for all the furniture in my office from Ikea, but still it's cute. And um, yeah, I mean, it just, it just worked out really well that I was still in my regular job, had that money coming, was able to kind of like save up my private income and just kind of have it there for when I was ready to make that jump. And then I, you know, had enough to cover a couple months of rent if something bad were to happen or something like that. But it really worked out well. I have a couple friends who are wanting to start their own practices and I'm like, you have to do it this way. <laughs> like debt free. You ha it's, it's so doable. And if you just go into people's houses or daycares, I really like going into daycares um, a lot. It's, you know, it's just a different vibe than going into someone's house, especially during COVID. Um, it's definitely doable. Definitely is. Yeah. I mean, that's why I teach it, right? Cause, cause SLPs, um, and OTs, we're also um, going to be opening the program to OTs. So there may be some OTs watching, right? Um, but, you know, I don't, again, I don't want people to start from a place of stress, right? You're already stressed out in your current situation, right? I don't want to add any more stress. Like my whole job is to make this easy for people. And, you know, part of it being easy is not having to put a lot of extra money up front, right? Um, I just saw a question come in about marketing to daycares. There's an awesome podcast episode that anyone who wants to work with pediatrics, especially like the early intervention ages, um, Amanda Madrowski, who's one of the mentors, she lives in Ohio and she is so good at marketing and she comes, she's just so genuine and she like has these really down to earth, easy ideas and her podcast episode, which aired, uh, I guess I can't really say when at some point, a couple months ago talked a lot about marketing tips for daycares. And so, you know, one of the cool things about the mentors is like when they do something, they share it with the group, right? Like Katie Brown, for example, she's the mentor who, you know, she is, is an adult only person. She shares tips all the time. And whether it's marketing stuff or Medicare kinds of information, like she's all about, like, we just have this culture of sharing and sharing wins and sharing what works because we want to make sure that people again are successful. And that's, that's really important. Um, I wanted to ask Laura a question about telepractice. So before we kind of started recording, you mentioned that you have, you know, licenses in a couple of different States, like being a travel therapist. So are any of your private clients in other States or is everybody local? So the majority are in other States. Um, I see a couple kids local to me in person, um, but the rest are virtual. Yeah, that's it's worked out really, really well to have those multiple licenses because now I can when I do my Instagram ads, I can do it to all of New England instead of just focusing on the state that I'm in. Yeah, I love that. One of the things I wanted to ask you is, you know, people say, um, but does this work for telepractice? So what would you say to someone who's like, well, you know, I, I didn't really think I liked telepractice, but I guess I do. Like, can I, I, I've been thinking about working for one of those telepractice companies. Should I do that? Or should I start my own private practice that offers telepractice? Yeah. So during COVID, I became a, a teletherapist, um, you know, through my old job. And so when I started this, I, I thought, you know, I, I can do teletherapy. When I first started it during COVID, I was like, absolutely not. I'm not doing teletherapy. This is not who I am. This is too hard. I can't do it. But then after a couple sessions, I was like, wait a minute, this is easy. Like I can do this. It's just regular therapy, but I'm doing it virtually. And I think the difference between having your own private practice and doing it versus working for a company and doing it is all of that money is coming to me. Like I'm able to set up my appointments. I just have a Zoom account. I just do it, you know, through Zoom and all of that money comes to me. I schedule myself. I think it is so easy to do yourself that to just 
to give that money to a company for the work that you're doing, I think that would be silly because it's just so easy to do yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No middleman. Somebody said in the comments, right? And that's like what I'm in a lot of, you know, telepractice Facebook groups and people say, you know, what's the best company to work for? And then I always, you know, kind of say like yours, right? And then people are, you know, surprised, right? Like, I'm not trying to be a contrarian, but I'm just kind of trying to open up people's eyes because in the, like the next thread will be like, I just got a low ball offer for, you know, like $35 an hour, you know, should I take it? And then everyone's like, you know, no, 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 no. Right. And so, you know, a lot of times those companies are offering like peanuts, right? So it's like, no, like decide how much you want to charge, find, you know, your own clients and like, just really do it that way. Right. So, um, so thank you, Laura, for speaking to that point. Cause that is something, um, that, that people ask. So I thought that to close it out, I was wondering if each of you could just kind of, you know, think back again to when you were making the decision to join, what advice do you sort of either were you given or did you like talk to yourself about like, how did you make the final decision that, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take a chance on this. And maybe we'll, we'll go back to the top if, I don't know, Casey, if you're ready for the question, but um, how did you kind of like make that final decision that, you know what, I'm going to go for this? I had an OT friend who I found out that I worked at the school with and he had his own practice and just having somebody else who was in my life that was going to do what I was already really successful doing what I wanted to do. Um, I think that helped push me over the edge and also just realizing, you know, Jenna said, you'll make the course, the cost of the course back in your first client. And I just trusted her and it's true. It's true. And so I'm so glad I did it. I think that, um, just somebody else coming alongside me and telling me I can do it. There's a lot of negative in the world if you listen to it and so just having a positive voice from someone i trusted really helped and knowing that i wasn't going to be doing it alone that there was going to be lifetime access that there was going to be step by step and that i could do it at my own pace i felt like i had nothing to lose i love it thank you um laura what about you yeah. So like I said, I, I was really scared at first and I, I didn't know if I could do it. You know, my training is a, a speech pathologist and that's what I kept telling myself. I'm trained as a speech pathologist. I don't know how to own a business and run a business. And then I thought, but you know what? I'm a good speech pathologist. I'm good at what I do and I love what I do. So what's the difference between me being a good, being a good speech therapist, working for somebody else Versus me being a good speech therapist working for myself. And I think I just needed that realization of like, I can do speech therapy. I can do this. Why can't I run a business? I I learned how to be a speech therapist. I can learn how to run a business. And I think the program was just so wonderful and supportive. It just gave me that little extra kick of confidence of like, yeah, I, I can do this. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Thank you for sharing. What about you, Kelly? Well, I think you're here, right? They're here. They've been here all week <laughs> for yeah. the boot camp. Okay. So I remember, I think I did the boot camp or some, some we called it something slightly different, but yes. Yeah. Like- yeah. And so by, you know, you showed up to learn more and then they're here learning more from people that have been through it. So to me, that's kind of like, okay, you've, you've learned more and you've heard enough. I mean, get out of your head and just do it. Like that, that, that's, that was my advice to myself. Like, and for me, it was a little different. Like I was running, I felt like I was running out of options and I was tired of it. Like I was tired of feeling stuck. I was tired of feeling burnout. I was tired of feeling stuck. And then I was tired of like, how did we get to this point of COVID and not having any per diem work, right? Or like job freezes everywhere. Um, there's patients everywhere that need me and I can't see them. And that was really frustrating. So I think just, I don't know, get out of your head. <laughs> like I, I just, I was ready, I guess the boot camp and hearing people's stories was enough for me. Like it was now or never, you know, 
never going to be the right time. You should just do it. <laughs> and, and how cool that you've just come full circle, right? That you you probably also, like, I did one of these panels back when you were in, in the boot camp, right? Yeah. So probably mm -hmm. also hearing other people's experiences and, you know, seeing some videos and, and screenshots and stuff. Like, um, this really is a real thing. And I think that sometimes people do kind of get stuck in, in the what ifs and in that kind of thing. And, you know, you can kind of make a decision, like, are you going to stay there or are you going to like, you know, kind of get out of your own way, just like you said, and, and take a chance on yourself, take a chance on me. And like the worst thing that can happen is that you, you try to get your first client, you pay back the course and you decide that private practice isn't for you. Right. That's the worst case scenario. Right. The best case is that you try it and you really like it, right? And so I think Ashton's a great example of someone who, you know, who tried it and like is is really liking it, right? So Ashton, tell, she's like, oh yeah. So Ashton, what kind of advice, you know, did you either give yourself or did you hear that allowed you to to push past the fear and decide to, to sign up and join Start? So at the time, you know, I had my daughter, she was a newborn. I had some friends who were kind of taking their own jump in their real estate career. And they were doing all of these courses and things. And um, they said, you know, invest in yourself. Why not invest in yourself? This is just like another thing to kind of have in your corner to invest yeah. in your life. And I know somebody commented that earlier and I was going to say it earlier, but um, so I invested in myself and I, and I invested in my family and in my daughter's future and working in the schools forever, I wasn't going to be able to provide for my family, the life, the provide myself to them, provide the life that I wanted to give to them. So that's kind of what helped me take the leap. Invest in yourself. We've, we've invested a lot in ourselves. I mean, we have master's degrees, some have doctorate degrees possibly. So one more course to change your life. And it's really the cost of two textbooks. So if you put that into perspective, you know, you sold your textbooks back for $35 in, you know, but that didn't do any good for you. <laughs> no, totally. Yeah. And that's why I price it this way. It's really, you know, kind of about the price of like a one credit course at a grad school. And, you know, everyone talks about how, you know, nobody learns about private practice in grad no. school. Like, you know, there, you know, a couple schools have like a seminar or something, but other than that, pretty much. And that's a, a, a lucky situation. Most people have maybe a guest speaker or maybe they had a practicum. But, you know, in, in grad school, we learn how to be SLPs and OTs, um, but not how to earn, right? So we yeah. learn how to be, but not how to earn within the profession, right? So I want people to know how to, how to make more money, right? And that's not, you know, all about the money, certainly, but having the financial freedom allows you to have the flexibility, have the time be able to have fun, right? And do whatever you want with, you know, pay back your student loans, whatever it is that you want to be able to do. So I just want to thank all of you for being here. Thank you for sharing your stories. Thank you for answering the questions um, that either people asked, or I know that they're thinking in their heads. You know, y'all are all wonderful, shining examples of people who, who you know, who did it, right? Who decided, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to make it work. And, and you have. So kudos to all of you, congratulations. And just again, thank you for being part of this. We see someone um, just joined, um, possibly as a result of hearing your stories. So again, thank you for being on and thank you um, all the listeners out there, our audience for, for listening to these amazing stories and um, have a great night, everybody. Thanks. Bye everyone. Wow. What did you think of those stories? Powerful, huh? I hope that as you listen to their stories, you saw yourself in various aspects of their lives and can see how they've been bettered by being in private practice, how they took a chance on themselves and on me and how it worked out and it gave them the future that they needed, whether they were seeking freedom, flexibility, fulfillment, or financial independence. These are the kind of people that the Start Your Private Practice program attracts. The thousands of SLPs and OTs who have gone through our program are regular clinicians with the same hopes, fears, and dreams that you have. Making the decision to start a private practice is a big decision, but it could also be the best decision. Thank you for listening, 
and I cannot wait to help you start your private practice. If you're listening to this episode during one of our enrollment periods, I hope that you decide to join us. We only open enrollment a few times a year. So if you want to hop on the waitlist, go to startyourprivatepractice.com backslash waitlist to be notified as soon as we reopen. I'm Jenna Castro-Casbon, speech-language pathologist, business coach, and creator of the Start Your Private Practice system. And I'm on a mission to turn stuck SLPs into successful private practitioners. If you're tired of dealing with high productivity requirements, high caseload sizes, and low pay, it's time to take control of your professional, personal, and financial life and finally get the freedom flexibility, and financial abundance that you deserve by working with private clients in your own practice. Join me here each week as I share tips, best practices, and inspirational interviews on the Private Practice Success Stories podcast. If you're a private practitioner or one in the making, you're in the right place, so let's get started. Well, this episode might be over, but we don't have to say goodbye. Head on over to independentclinician.com for resources that will help you at each stage of your private practice journey. If you're on Instagram, let's connect. Follow me and send me a DM. I'm at independent clinician. And if you're on Facebook, make sure that you join the SLP and OT Private Practice Beginners Facebook group. All right, off to help more regular SLPs and OTs become successful private practitioners. Let me know if I can help you too.